0: Hi everyone, I'm Alina Berglund and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Natural Cycles. And for me, Femtech is the much needed innovation in technology, focusing on women's health or needs, which has been underdeveloped and under-researched for far too long. Welcome to
1: Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Beretto, exploring the past, present and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. In today's episode, I interviewed Dr. Alina Bergelin schnitzel the co-founder and CEO of Natural Cycles. Natural Cycles is a birth control app used by millions of women around the world, as a class two medical device, the Natural Cycles app is cleared by the FDA in the United States and certified to be used as a contraceptive in Europe, Australia, and Singapore. Their internal research team has contributed to over 14 peer-reviewed research papers. After contributing to physics research, that led to a Nobel Prize in 2013, Alina applied her skills to create a unique algorithm in natural cycles that accurately pinpoints when a female is fertile based on her body temperature. Of course, our listeners get a special offer. Download natural cycles and use promo code FEMTECHFOCUS, all one word, to get 20% off your annual membership and a free thermometer. Again, that's FEMTECHFOCUS, all one word, For 20% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Enjoy the episode.
0: Hey, Alina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great to have you on. Where are you calling me in from today? Uh, Just outside New York City. Awesome. Uh, In New Jersey or New York State?
0: Uh, Connecticut.
1: Connecticut okay yeah a lot of people don't realize how close they all really are actually yeah it depends on which bridge you take in New York City it could be in two to three different states Um, well that is awesome let's kick off the interview at learning more about you Uh, we want to know where you're from you know what did did you go to school what did you study and was entrepreneurship a part of your story just kind of bring us on the journey and to where you are now.
0: Of course. Uh, So I'm originally from Sweden. You might hear my accent. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, And I, since I was five years old, I always dreamed of um, studying physics and becoming a physicist. Uh, I was really fascinated by like black holes and stars and understanding the universe. And that's actually what I did. I studied physics and then I did a PhD in particle physics at the CERN laboratory in uh, Switzerland, where you collide particles at the speed of light, try to create like mini black holes and and things like that. Are
1: you kidding me? The co-founder of Natural Cycles, a birth control app, is a PhD <laughs> in physics of particles. Yes, so. Like women are so amazing. Women are so <laughs> amazing. Uh, I Im- mean, already this interview is so good. Excellent. Continue, please tell me more <laughs> about your amazing background.
0: <laughs> sure. So um, yeah, natural cycles actually came about around 2012 when I was uh, working as a postdoc at CERN and we were looking for the Higgs particle, the Higgs boson. I don't know if you heard about it, but um, we discovered th- this particle in 2012 and it led to Nobel Prize in Physics in, in 2013 for those that had predicted this particle. But our experiment was uh, also mentioned in the description of the Nobel Prize. We were very excited about that
1: I mean um, that is like y'all listening who are not scientists that's the epitome like you won right like you won the game <laughs> you're an awesome scientist if you do that <laughs> amazing
0: In, indeed so like that's that's actually how natural cycles came about because I felt like uh, like for about three weeks I was like you know floating on some clouds thinking like wow this is amazing uh but then I was like what what should i do now i'll never be able to top that um and all i ever wanted was to be a physicist so i didn't have any other dreams necessarily um but i had been looking for um, a natural birth control methods i'd been using uh, the hormonal implant for like 10 years it's Mm -hmm. like a, a stick in the arm and i wanted to to take it out a few years before I wanted to get pregnant to give my body a chance to get back to normal first. And I've been looking like what alternatives can I use in the meantime? I didn't wanna use the pill because I tried the pill as a teenager and felt very bad from it like mentally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So then through doing some research, I realized women's body temperature changes throughout the menstrual cycle um something known for long and well researched but i had no idea about it so i was that was like a really a, an epiphany for me i was like oh i should have known this years ago mm-hmm. um so i thought with my knowledge from particle physics which is a lot about data analytics um statistics i can create an algorithm to find out when i ovulate when i'm fertile when i'm definitely not fertile um because women used to analyze this by hand but It can be very tricky because then you don't take statistics into account and you don't learn from previous cycles and you know many things can actually affect your temperature like your lifestyle so uh, i thought here i can actually help um so i um that's kind of how it started i created this algorithm for myself um but very quickly um my husband and I my husband is my co-founder and we, we actually also got married in 2012 so it wasn't a very intense summer finding the Higgs boson. then we got married
1: um <laughs> yeah that was a <laughs> big summer <laughs> it Hicks- was a big summer
0: <laughs> I can't believe it's like it's 10 years ago now it's yeah <laughs> Um, but then like he suggested, because we realized quickly that this is a huge unmet need um, worldwide. And we had so many of our friends and colleagues that say like, okay, I'll measure my temperature. You run your algorithm. You, you tell me if I'm fertile or not. So we decided that, well, maybe we should quit physics because he's also a physicist. Uh, physicists often marry other physicists for some reason. Um, and pursued this. And, you know, it was 2012, so you wanted to make everything into an app. So I thought, like, it's probably useful to learn how to make an app, even if this doesn't work out. So yeah. that's how it started. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, I'm like so excited to dive into this. This is such a juicy story already. Um, what is Natural Cycles?
0: So Natural Cycles, still to today is. Um, It's a medical device for both contraception and uh, helping you plan a pregnancy and follow a pregnancy. But most women do use it for contraception. Uh, We do analyze women's body temperature to see when they ovulate, when they're fertile and when they're definitely not fertile.
1: Mm -hmm. I uh, have a new friend in my life. Her name is Mia, and she is in medical school, took a break from med school to go do a master's in public health, specializing in maternal health. And she uses natural cycles as her contraception. And um, but she told me that like the other students in her class don't even know about it, you know, and this idea of you can track your periods so well that you can know the days you're fertile and not fertile. And so even people in med school are learning that that's even a possibility. So can you actually break down for us? How does that work? How how can you have an app that's actually contraception and it's not something in your body? It's literally a record uh, and that works just as well, uh, right? I think it's 93% effective as like hormonal birth control. So tell us how how the heck does that work?
0: Yeah, so um so once per cycle a woman releases an egg and that's the the only time you can actually become pregnant is when a sperm meets that egg and you make a baby but the sperm can survive up to 5 days in the body so that's what's called your fertile window which is about 6 days per cycle and what happens in your body after you ovulate is that the hormone progesterone increases which actually warms your body so that way by tracking your temperature you can see when you ovulate and then we can calculate when you're fertile and we we really we've done now um We published 14 clinical studies and we've learned so much and it's very clear that every woman is unique and every woman's cycle and temperature curve is unique so it's really important that um, to have an algorithm like natural cycles algorithm that really helps each woman uh, see when she ovulates because this this thing about a myth uh, about ovulating on day 14 and a 28 day cycle is actually very very rare and Women are different and cycles are different.
1: How many cycles have been tracked in natural cycles?
0: Oh, millions and millions of cycles. That's um,
1: incredible. And you said, you know, it's unique per woman. Is there any correlation that you found with this at certain ethnicities, or it truly is? Even women within the same culture, ethnicity, race um, also deviate a lot within their cycles.
0: So we didn't publish anything yet about. Ethnicity, but we um, we did one uh, study for um, with more than six hundred thousand cycles where we looked what correlates to what. And, and for instance, age matters. Like, mm. so as you get older, your follicular phase, which is time between period and ovulation, gets shorter. And um, yeah, there, there are many things that impact your cycle. And most women have a somewhat irregular cycle. So, like, mm. that's also normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're calling it irregular, it's regular. (laughs) Your irregularity is totally regular y'all. Um, you, so there's actually a thermometer that you sell with this app, right? So this is to track that progesterone spike and therefore the body increase. How, how many more degrees are we talking here in terms of heat? Like, is is it like we're, we have a fever or like, tell us.
0: So it's, it's a rather small increase about half a degree Fahrenheit um, so that's why you kinda need um, you need a bit of a more sensitive thermometer um and we're also exploring and hopefully rather soon launching um the ability to measure also on your skin during the night so uh mm-hmm. during the night is when you get your resting temperature, which is more stable, so that's why you measure in the morning when you wake up, if you use the regular thermometer, or we measure during the night if we measure on the skin.
1: So interesting. And, you know, how did you fundraise for this? Was this a startup? You know, you're 10 years into this, like, what is the the business behind it? Because we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs or early stage entrepreneurs listening. And so I'm sure they're curious, like, okay, you have all this data, like 10 years old, like, did you have investors? Is this what you envisioned it would be in 10 years? You know, like where you are today, like what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about, like from a founder's point of view, the progress.
0: Yeah, we, um, we raised um, quite some capital around uh, $40 million in total. Our, our last round was um, 2017, a, a $30 million Series B. And um, and we uh, the, our app is not for free. It's a medical device contraception. So uh, you can pay either $99 a year and then you get the thermometer for free or you pay uh, $13 a month and you have to purchase the thermometer. So we've now managed to grow the user base and the business such that uh, this year we're actually about break even, which is very nice. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it, it took 10 years, but now we're finally here. Um, And also, it's very nice to not be a a free app because um, then we're more in control of, for instance, the data. Like we would never sell users data. We care deeply about data privacy and especially as a medical device as well. So it it puts us in control as um, a company, but it also puts us in control of how we handle our user experience and our users data. Can women anywhere in
1: the world use this app or is it in specific countries?
0: So, we are uh, cleared as a contraception in Europe, um, in the US by the FDA, and in Australia and Singapore. And in the rest of the world, you can use it as a, uh, a fertility monitor, but not as a birth control method. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, women could use it as birth control, but you just can't claim that they can, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah
1: got it. And I think that's super interesting how rigorous natural cycles has taken this. You have gotten FDA approval, CE, which is the, you know, European version of FDA. You are like, this is a medical device, end of story, period. Like, we are legitimate, regulated, you know, serious about this. Um, d- is that something you always envisioned that it would be a medical device? Or did you think it was going to be more of just like a helpful app? Or when was that transition into, we're actually a medical company?
0: It was really not obvious at first, uh, but we did care about it from the start and try to figure it out but we we are the first digital product to have this high risk class clearance so mm. since that never been done before it was really not obvious how to go about it yeah and we actually um since we started in europe we we asked like what what type of medical device are we if any class one class two um we're, we're class two now by the way uh, but there we got like bunch of different answers it wasn't clear but then we first in uh, 2015 we grew very quickly in Sweden and then the regulators in Sweden kind of woke up because they're like oh women actually do use this for contraception you should be class 2 or class 2b it's called in Europe Um, and that actually helped us to get there the fact that the Swedish uh, medical product agency said women use this for contraception you should be class 2b allowed us to actually become class to be.
1: Wow. So you know what, this is actually a great lesson for listeners that, um, you know, are literally making de novo diagnostic tools, de novo medical devices, therapeutics, and they go to these regulators and the regulators are like, we don't have a playbook for you. There's no one for for you. And by the way, we haven't planned on this. We got nothing ready. Um, what advice do you have for the founders that are faced with this? Like beast of a, of a task which is getting approval regulatory approval and there's no direction no there's no roadmap like what advice do you have for them
0: so indeed, we we had to do a de novo pros, process with the FDA as well and of course many times it felt like very long and daunting but maybe having some patience and for sure also being resilient will help like just to accept that oh no I I probably can't launch this in two months it might take years but sticking with it in the end if you really believe in your product and I I really still truly believe today that natural cycles is something women both want and need and that helps me Mm -hmm. get over those sometimes very long timelines
1: that's right Oh, what kind of women are using your app or females in general? Uh, are there any specific use cases for why someone would use your app as a contraception versus the pill or an IUD?
0: Yes, our, our average new user is around 30 years old. Um, of course, there's there's quite a spread, but you have to be at least 18 because we haven't done clinical studies for women younger than that. I would say most of them are like, uh, between 25 and 35 when they start and the typical story is that they've often tried multiple different contraceptive methods in the past and often struggled to find something that suited them mm-hmm. they might have had uh, side effects from uh, hormonal contraception or or just realized like the risks that it entails and and just like myself maybe want to think about Having uh, a child in in a few years, and um, and then they start uh, most often natural cycles, uh, birth control, and uh, we often see like uh, a couple of years down the line they switch to using it to plan a pregnancy, which is great because then the app knows their body, they know their own body, so on average they then actually succeed to get pregnant quite quickly. Of course, not everyone, because also that is very individual. Um, uh, so that's kind of our our typical story.
1: That is so cool that you are two things that are actually like kind of opposing goals, which is contraception and a fertility app in one, right? So that, that's really interesting. And now a quick word from our sponsors. So you've heard the story of the birds and the bees, right? Well, I'm happy to tell you there's a brand new chapter. I'm talking about Mosey, the first and only syringe designed for insemination at home. Mosey has been proven as effective as doctor-administered inner uterine insemination, or IUI. People have been saving thousands of dollars by using Moby's Baby Kit at-home insemination since it only costs $50 per attempt. That's $50, 50 per attempt. Please learn more about how Mosey's patented design works and read some of the thousands of fertility and pregnancy success stories on their website. Go to www.mosiebaby.com. That's Mosey, M O S I E baby.com. And now, back to the interview. I love how dedicated you are to data. I am a scientist. Maybe it's the PhDs in us. I love data. I am like, we need a database for this. We need to research that. We need to publish a graph on this. So I was very excited to see how much research Natural Cycles is dedicated to doing for women's health. Um, Before we get into what projects you are doing, research questions you're exploring, things you found Let's first talk about the elephant in the room, which is uh, Roe versus Wade may be overturned in the United States. It's looking likely, unfortunately. Um, If you want to know more about that, listeners, you know, we have episodes on it. So we'll we'll focus on how it's relevant to this interview. Um, There has been people saying, wow, should I be deleting my period tracking data? Because potentially if abortion becomes uh, in some states a felony murder charge, could they look at my data around if I got an abortion or not? So I see on your website that uh, natural cycles is super committed to keeping data private and confidential. So can you just kind of walk us through that? Like what's your experience been like having such precious data um, and then honoring women that are trusting you with their data?
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it it is um, probably a valid concern. Something we also take very, very seriously, uh, and I think compared to period trackers, we, as I mentioned, we have um, things that are, uh, you know, making us superior in this category because we're a medical device. Because we actually charge a subscription fee, we are obliged to keep our users' data private, and, and we are not incentivized in any way to share it or sell it. Um, Mm-hmm. So this is also our main focus. So we, we care deeply about this. And we are now working both on the product side and on the legal side to try to be able to tackle whatever will come our way, which we cannot know to hundred percent today. Yeah. Uh, but we will make sure that our users' data stays private. Uh, because indeed, as you say, we have very sensitive data from our yeah. users and they trust us with it. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So
0: it's important.
1: And- What would you say to founders that are, you know, creating something that, you know, let's say it can track your hot flashes, you know, and all of a sudden you have these graphs that are tracking your hot flashes. And maybe we find, I don't know what we're going to do, but like something crazy happens. But uh, in like that data is now seems very special and confidential. What would you tell that founder that in their early stages of development, how to prioritize data privacy, um, especially as they start to think about wow, we could do this with the data, we could do that with the data, whether that be research or monetization, like what advice do you have for early stage founders that are going to be collecting special data? What advice do you have for them?
0: I think it's it's just important to start early on to think about data privacy and kind of work that into your processes and and the way you think about data. I think being a medical device now for, for so many years has really helped us. And then so when GDPR came and, and other companies maybe panicked, we already did have those processes in place. So that has really helped us to focus on it from a very early uh, point in our company journey. Yeah. But
1: so think about it early. Set it set it up early to do it right rather than backtracking for privacy.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: So I love that you guys do research because something special about the data that we're collecting in Femtech is that we are now able to discover things that scientists have yet to know about the female anatomy and biology because people haven't researched it. So tell us about your research partners, what projects and papers have you worked on? um, You know, what are the things that we can discover using natural cycles data?
0: Yes, as I mentioned, we've published 14 clinical studies today together with um researchers and leading ex- experts in the in the field, and there for instance we we never share personal data with other research institutes it's um It's always anonymized, and we always collect consent from our users to share their data anonymously be- before we do so um, but it's really cool to be able to work on bringing uh, research forward in the field of women's health so for instance um a study that we published. Earlier this year, together with uh, NIH in the US, was a study that's investigated the COVID vaccine's effect on the menstrual cycle, because uh, that's something women all over the world say, hey, I, I can feel something's going on. Does this affect my fertility? Or is it just, you know, uh, a coincidence? Uh, so we were actually able to to investigate this with the help of our data and our users telling us when they took uh, vaccine and when uh-huh. when they got the shot and we saw that um, overall like big picture there's there's no significant effect. but we saw that for those um, women that got two shots in one cycle, it did prolongate their cycle a bit. Uh, so maybe there could be something about that the first shot then had to be quite early in the cycle. Uh, so there's now even more research ongoing with this to, to kind of figuring out it further.
1: How interesting. Cause I heard that too. A lot of friends said, oh my gosh, my period's all wacky now. Like it's super heavy or I skipped a, you know, cycle. And so that's super interesting to hear that. It actually wasn't necessarily um, oh, an overall effect on all females or menstruators, but if you had a certain um, schedules of shots, then it may have had an impact. And that's super like cor- Important to know in clinical trials, like these are the questions that we should have in our clinical trials to find out, like what drugs or, you know, vaccines are affecting females differently than males. Um, what else have you researched or found or excited to look more into?
0: Well, we, um yeah, we've we published four papers on natural sex effectiveness, and also different country, like U.S. specifically and uh, U.K. specifically, and. Um, as a digital contraception we actually perform this research internally every month and we look per country and there is is quite interesting how behavior is quite different from country to country Uh, especially since most traditional contraceptive methods like like the pill or the condom they have they don't have that kind of data because they do study initially say in the u.s and Sweden, for instance, have never studied the effectiveness of the pill. They take the U.S. data, but we see that U.S. and Sweden is very different. Um, so that's
1: how so. How are they different?
0: Well, we see that the effectiveness is better in the U.S. Um, and also, we we can since we have so much data, we can also look per age, etc. We see yeah. actually the younger women, those that are twenty to twenty-five, they have better effectiveness than maybe those that are. 30 to 35, that maybe are thinking that, you know, maybe I want to have a kid rather soon anyway. So like, I think it's oh, a lot to do They're like- less
1: neurotic about it, maybe.
0: Exactly. And indeed, like, our effectiveness overall is, is um, 98% with perfect use, meaning like you actually use protection when the app gives you a red day and tells you to use protection that you might be fertile. And 93% effective overall. And the difference between the two is actually if you do follow the app's advice and don't have unprotected sex on those red days. So there the control comes back to the woman, right? So like she can kind of use the app how she desires to use it, right? So then it becomes a bit different in different cultures, different age groups. uh, And that's very interesting, I find.
1: Yeah, so super interesting. I mean, I had a paradigm in my mind that natural cycles would tell you the days you're fertile, and that you just can't have sex those days. I totally forgot you could. You say would be a, a great condom. user then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, percent. <I mean>,
0: <laughs> yeah, some some of our users practice abstinence of those days. Some use a condom. Uh, a few also use withdrawal, which is not something we recommend, and uh, that's something that we see in Sweden, for instance, a lot of withdrawal usage. Um, oh, like
1: more so than the U.S.?
0: Yeah, it seems like the Swedes are a bit less concerned about um, effectiveness. Um, Probably
1: because they have good health care that's paid for. yeah <laughs> America, I, I think we're so like, too. if I'm pregnant, I'm going to be bankrupt, you know? Like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Like um, now, speaking of also Roe v. Wade, like access yeah. to abortion is quite easy in Sweden, yeah. and that yeah. makes a difference.
1: Totally, totally. Wow, super interesting. Yeah, that kind of stuff is just these nuanced questions that, um, you know, once you start to look at data, you start to see trends, and then you have more questions. And oh, uh, God bless all my interns who helped me with the annual FemTech report because. Um, I say, make this graph. They make the graph, and I'm like, oh, do you see what I see? This is so interesting. Let's ask this question. Go back and do it again this way. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Luckily, I have like very awesome, ambitious interns. Love y'all. Um, but yeah, once I see one graph, I have ten more questions. I love to dig into it. What's next for Natural Cycles? What do you What do you see as the future of your company?
0: Well, we're we're super excited about. Um... Pioneering women's health forward. And and a big part of that uh, for us in the hopefully rather short, uh, near term future is to uh, launch to be able to measure on the skin during the night. Um, We see that that helps, especially women with irregular sleep, those with small babies, they maybe don't want to measure their temperature first thing in the mornings, shift workers. um, And we can also then um, measure heart rate. And heart rate can tell us, for instance, how much alcohol you drank, if you drank alcohol, and then we can correct the temperature based on the heart rate data, which is very exciting.
1: That is super cool. So your consumption the day before, like could potentially affect your temperature.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that way we can make the temperature less noisy and you might be able to get, um, get more green days. So days without uh, having to use protection.
1: So cool. Wow. So, so, so cool. Um, we have two last questions that our listeners really love. The first one is we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that listen. So what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating?
0: So many areas, but <laughs> I would, if I would choose one, I would say probably menopause or perimenopause. Like, I feel like this is, something really up and coming um, because it's still something that's a little bit taboo and doctors don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about it or guiding women through this and also when a woman comes in to see her doctor they just see what happens that day but um yeah it's also something we would love to do something in in the future at natural cycles
1: Nice. Love it. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it's not a one weekend thing. It's like years of a woman's life. So we should help her any way that we can. Uh, And then our last question is, what do you think the Femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? And I find this question interesting asking you who founded this 10 years ago before the word Femtech was even coined. Um, you know, it didn't come about till 2016. So you were up and operating for years before we even came up with a word for what we're doing. Um, so what do you think our industry needs now?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, funding is, of course, one answer. Uh, as we know, uh, femtech companies are are more often founded by women, and and women get less funding on average than men. Um, I do also feel, though, that if we are now going to some kind of recession and it might be harder to get funding, maybe we'll weed out a little bit the noise in all areas and maybe then uh, a few, yeah, it might be easier to know, like, what's the real deal and not in all areas, including Femtech. So there's pros and cons with everything. Um, I I think what Femtech needs is is still, like, what it needed 10 years ago. It, It still needs, like, more focus, more innovation, more like going forward with women's health, not 50 years backwards as we are yeah. doing right now, like, yeah. Um, yeah, innovation.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to live in a world where today our politics are looking like we're going fast fast in the back, <laughs> you know, like we're, we are running back, we're literally reversing and unwinding all the progress. But yet in the tech sector, like we're, we we are collecting more data than we ever have. We're understanding things more than we ever have. We're having conversations, you know, when, you know, I started the first femtech podcast two years ago. Now I'm sure there's several more. We're having conversations about stuff we didn't talk about before, so yeah, it, it is absolutely a tough time. I was looking up some like, how expensive are homes in Mexico? Like, I'll be in central time zone, like, <laughs> versus, uh, versus living in the US, because sometimes it, it can just be so, so heavy and so daunting. Um, do you have any last words of advice for our listeners, whether they be students, founders, working in the space, um, or just fans? Do you have any last words of advice? You are what I would consider a total success story having raised over series B, you know, 10 years, amazing, you have regulation, you have publications, like you just do all the things I think are amazing. So, what what are some words of wisdom you have for our listeners as we tune out here?
0: Well, I think if you are very passionate about your product and you know this is something that will make a difference in the world for women or in general then just stick with it like follow your passion like yes there will always be hurdles along the way but if you really believe in what you're doing stay passionate and keep doing it and one day you'll get that tailwind uh, when you least expect it probably
1: (laughs) Ah, I love it well, Dr. Alina, physicist, nat- you know, natural cycle leader, amazingness. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to my interview with Dr. Alina Bergelin-Schnitzel, the co-founder and CEO of Natural Cycles. Don't forget, download the app Natural Cycles and use promo code FEMTECHFOCUS, all one word, to get 20% off your annual membership and a free thermometer. Be sure to give this show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other Femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a FemPro member for only $15 a month and get access to our assets, such as the Femtech Company Database and our self-guided Femtech Accelerator. Keep an eye out for our monthly Femtech Book Club, which happens the last Wednesday of every month, and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring monthly donation to Femtech Focus. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.